This is Going Direct, presented by Cal Fire Local 2881, a podcast created for the Cal Fire family. Welcome back. My name is Didi Garcia. I am your Cal Fire Local 2881 communications officer. We are back today with President Tim Edwards and our L2881 chief negotiator and legal counsel, Gary Messing. Today, they will be discussing the state budget and legislation occurring right now that impacts our members. Good afternoon, Gary. Hi, Tim. Uh, Nice of you to be here again with us this afternoon. Good to be here. So, as the introduction says, we're going to be discussing the ongoing state budget and some of the legislation that we have going through the legislators right now. Um, The reason for this, to bring you guys up to date, is we understand that all of you are seeing these big, huge newspaper articles coming out about all the other bargaining units negotiating and getting these big, huge pay increases and what appears, I should say, to be a big, huge um, pay increase. And so we're here with legal counsel to kind of explain to you guys two things. One, what you're seeing in the paper and what those bargaining units had to do and versus what bargaining unit eight, which is local 2881, had to not do and i'll start off by saying that our pay reductions are going to be automatically restored come july 1st without negotiations because we had only agreed to a one-year deal which makes it automatic so we don't have to go back like you're reading in the newspaper and negotiate to get our pay cuts and our salary increase back um The other units that had to do that signed two-year deals. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to the attorney to kind of explain why that process is taking place and what you're actually seeing um, as they occur. So That's exactly right. I think you've already identified what's happening, which is that uh, the deal that we cut made it automatic for the pay increase to come back on July 1st and an additional increase to become effective on July 1st. So we're not bargaining over that. We are entering into bargaining for a future MOU. But all of these other bargaining units, for the most part, what you see is is, uh, them bargaining to restore the cuts that were made some of those cuts were supposed to take place over a period of several years, so they're accelerating the uh, cuts so that they can get their money back as of July 1st. And uh, on occasion, some of the bargaining units are able to get um, uh, future pay increases accelerated back. But for the most part, what we're seeing is a restoration of the increases, uh, the pay raises that people would have experienced had it not been for the... Um, the pandemic and the um, the uh, governor's action uh, to uh, reduce in, uh, the uh, salaries of uh, all state employees. Yeah, so when the paper is reading, um, for an example, I think it was the scientists, you know, they got like a 7.5% increase in salary um, in their negotiation when reality was that five of that was a restoration of what they should have got last year, and they negotiated a deal for only 2.5 for what appears to be a one-year deal. 
Yeah, that's almost ex- exactly correct. It, they are getting 7.63%. 5% of that was uh, from last year's contract, which was the delayed until July 1st. And there's uh, 2.5% with a, a little bump of 0.13% on top of that because uh, of comp- compounding. So the total of 7.63% is mostly a restoration of what they lost a year ago. Yeah. And then, so CCPOA, um, in their negotiations, what the newspaper read is their big salary increase and then plus another $5,000, right? Yes. And really, there was no salary increase other than what they were due last year that they had to negotiate back this year, but they did get that additional $5,000, correct? Yeah, and we believe that that additional $5,000 was part of the uh, bargaining over the HEROES Act, the uh, retention money that could come from the federal stimulus. Um, And we're not even certain that that's going to be included in the contract language. And, of course, we um, have uh, requested the state to meet and confer on that separately from bargaining for a new contract because if anybody deserves hero pay, it's our people. So we will be looking to do something uh, along those lines. That is money, by the way, uh, from the, um, the uh, uh, stimulus fund uh, that the state has to pay out by 2024. Most public entities are doing mostly infrastructure work with it. But, uh, you know, we intend to try and get some of that money to our members. Uh, it's one-time money, but it still is, is something that our people should be entitled to, and, and we think that we can get some of that. Yes, and um, just to clarify to everybody is we are doing that separate, and we want to continue doing it separate than part of a contract negotiation because we believe it shouldn't be negotiated. It It's earned and owed to, by, to our members by the federal government in the state of California. And we are asking definitely way more than $5,000, you know. So the, the individuals that look at that and think they got $5,000, um, what I want you to understand is we believe you deserve way more than $5,000, and it shouldn't be part of a contract. It should be outside of that and just um, dealt with outside of negotiations. Um, Yes, that's true, and because we don't want it to be counted against our contract. We don't want it to be uh, looked at as uh, being a part of the cost of our contract. It should, it's something totally separate, and I agree with you entirely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just touch on one more um, contract that, that members have seen so they, uh, they can understand what that really was, and that's uh, CHP's contract that they just got and as a side note for everybody here can understand i'm actually going to have the president of chp here next week to do a podcast um because everybody likes to compare us to chp so we'll have their president here next week to do a podcast on that but with chp's contract they didn't get anything they just got their pay restored is that correct yes and uh, you have to bear in mind with chp when they negotiate, they don't negotiate for salaries. Their salaries are set by statute, by a formula that compares them to certain other jurisdictions. So that is correct. 
and I do believe that um, uh, their deal uh, requires them to pay more and more of their um, uh, OPEB contributions over a period of years. Yes. So there was individuals that, out of the at least the three contracts that I mentioned, read the headlines and not the full details and thought there was this huge windfall. Now, in all full disclosure, there was a couple of bargaining units that did get some minor increases on top of their pay restoration. And um, we are looking into that going forward with our negotiations. But a lot of differences between the negotiations and what they have and what we have and the issues that they have and we have. But you want to just briefly talk about those? Just Yeah, let me just say that um, there are a couple of uh, the bargaining units that were able to obtain uh, two, two to two and a half percent uh, increases of new money. Um, and uh, there was one bargaining unit that picked up um, an additional four to five percent. Um, but uh, our understanding is is that uh, their contract was extended all the way to 2023. So that additional money doesn't look uh, very large when you look at it over a period of those years. Um, so that's that's about it. There are really, uh, aside from about a 2.5% increase, most of the bargaining units did not get that. Um uh, and then most of them are only getting uh, old money, not new money. Yeah. In other words, increases that were already promised. And with budget talk still going on, um, even though there's been a budget passed, there's a lot of maneuvering and side agreements and side legislation um, still occurring and language cleanup. So... Um, where our future contract may or may not end up, no one knows. We cannot and will not discuss that in a public forum of any way, shape, or form. And that's just the way it is. Now, I know there's a lot of individuals out there that believe they should know every minute of it. And unfortunately, that's not the case. So before we jump off of this, um, I will make it very clear that everybody wants to know what the bargaining team is bargaining for. And that is set by direction of convention from the delegates at convention. What I will tell you is top three things always coming out of convention is benefit wages and working conditions. One being reaching a 56 hour actual work week duty shift. And the other one is in, and doing that without loss of compensation, which is very difficult because that's, that's a lot of money to move around in different places if you have to lose your Edwick. Um, and the other one is restoring, you know, retirement and then our benefits. Those are always the top three things that the negotiating team has in mind on top of a list of other things when they go to the table. Um, and that is what their um, direction is by the membership elected to go to convention as a delegate and vote on those priorities. So... Just to add to what you're saying, bargaining does not go on in public because at the bargaining table, you don't want to be bargaining with the newspapers, the public, other bargaining units who all will find out what's going on at your table if, if you report a blow-by-blow blow to the members. So 
Uh, this union has always been very successful at the bargaining table, doing what most bargaining unit uh, union representatives do, which is to keep it confidential until the process is completed. And also is to understand the makeup of the bargaining team, for those who don't know, is there is a southern, central, northern representative voted at convention to represent those areas. Then there is a note taker and member at large. Those are the five considered part of the bargaining team. Then you have three trainees from each one of those areas, central, south, and north. And then the rank and file director is the chair of that committee. And then Gary Messing, who's here with me today, is the lead counsel of negotiation at the table. And to think or to hear or read um, some of the stuff being put out there about the bargaining team is very disheartening. Because these same individuals are fighting for their salaries and their families and also for you, taking time away outside of their work, doing the same shifts that you're doing, and then coming up here voluntarily to, to fight for you, what your families and their families deserve. And so for those individuals that want to sit back and armchair the bargaining team, will sit back, enjoy the popcorn, but unless you're willing to get involved... Um, Keep your mouth shut because these guys and gals that are here are putting the effort in to fight for you guys. And I'm telling you, as Tim Edwards, not the president or anybody, but me personally, is that it's very insulting to that group. You can call me whatever you want. I have big shoulders. I took this position, but you cannot talk shit about the bargaining team. They are doing this on their own time, spending time additionally away from their families other than that they were spending, being forced on back at the stations like the rest of you. So let's just make it very clear for those guys there that want to stir the pot at the stations. The bargaining team is working very hard to achieve the best deal possible. And when you read the articles and the headlines, take the time to read the whole article and understand it. Because the reality is nobody's gaining anything right now. They're all fighting for their pay cuts to be restored, we do not have to because of the forethought of the bargaining team to only agree to a one-year deal. Um, with that, I'll move off of that, and we'll talk about what is occurring in legislation for the membership so everybody knows. We have two membership legislations going through. One of them is 4,800 time. It is something every fire department in the state of California besides Cal Fire has. We have um, EIDL, but we believe we still need 4,800, so we have that again going through. It is moving forward, and we are hopeful it gets to the governor's desk. The next one is uh, improvement of the Firefighter Bill of Rights to include all firefighters, limited term and seasonal, to have a full evidentiary hearing before, being, um, dis before action is taken. So this is a quick update we wanted to give everyone. Everybody wants to know about communications um, and what's going on. There will be some stuff that we will not say, and that we will definitely not be talking about negotiations in any type of open forum. Um, with that, we're going to sign off as a real quick podcast. I remind you that I will have the president of CHB here next week. He will be answering questions for all those who like to compare us to him. And 
with that, I thank you, Gary, for coming here and briefly speaking on this. Thanks for having me, Tim. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tim and Gary. Thanks for taking the time out to sit down and candidly discuss important topics that matter to Bargaining Unit 8. Make sure to hit that follow button so you are notified of new episodes. If you have any questions you'd like President Edwards to answer in future episodes, please send us a message through our website at calfirelocal2881.org.